Welcome to the Edge Talk Radio Network, your weekly source for information, empowerment, and connection. The Edge Magazine and its advertisers bring you inspired interviews and conversation on learning and healing, on our sacred journey, and on topics that expand beyond time and space. Now, welcome today's host. Welcome, everyone, to the Edge Why Someone Wellness talk show radio for July. I apologize for any inconvenience that the show didn't run as scheduled on Thursday evening due to technical difficulties. I do trust, however, that for whatever reason, it wasn't the right timing. I also trust that you've come to the right place at the right time. It's always my intention that what I talk about today brings value to you in some way. And if you're struggling, I also hold faith in the divine working through you and your highest good. And this is what we're going to talk about today. My plan is to, we'll start with a short meditation as we did before to bring us into the present moment. I'll also then just recap a little bit about what I talked about last week as it does really, excuse me, last month, <laughs> um, as it does tee up today's call. And if you haven't listened to it yet, I really urge you to do so. Today's focus then will be harnessing your energy through loving self-care. The path of empowerment and life transitions truly is how we manage our energy. I'll give them a little bit of an update on upcoming shows. I'll have a free offer at the end, and then, of course, how I can be reached if you have any questions or inquiry. So let's start with a short meditation just to bring ourselves present in this moment. So if you just want to sit and have your feet on the floor, your your spine is straight, and I just invite you to close your eyes if you're comfortable and you're able And I just invite you all to draw your attention inward. Just blocking out other distractions just for this hour as we gather once again in sacred communion. Just drawing your awareness inward to the sensations in your body. Just bring awareness to any tension or places where you're holding on. And inhale deeply through your nose exhaling through your mouth. And let's just take a few deep breaths in that manner. Inhaling through your nose and exhaling through the mouth. It's all the while just bringing your focus and awareness into the body, into this moment. And do a body scan, just observing anywhere again that you're holding and giving permission to just breathe into those spaces and let go. As your body relaxes, you notice the slowing of your breath and maybe even your thoughts. Bringing awareness to the breath of the belly. And just observing the rising and the falling of the belly. The breath is always breathing you in each moment, supporting you in every which way. And now once again, let's imagine that we're sitting around a campfire together. And just know that you sit in sacred communion with other beautiful, wise women. It is a sacred circle where all voices are heard and honored, where all is accepted as it is without needing to change anything within ourselves or in each other. This is a circle, a community of inclusion, compassion, love, and wisdom. Thank you for being here and for being who you are and your life in the world. It doesn't matter where you are or where you've been. 
You are truly a magnificent, beautiful, courageous, and unique expression of divine love. And let's now, if you feel comfortable, you can keep your eyes closed if you'd like, but if otherwise, we're going to go ahead and go on with the show. You can open your eyes. And I want to thank those of you, there are many, many of you who listened to my last month's call, and I'm really grateful for that. Again, as I mentioned earlier, if you haven't yet listened to the introduction call, I really encourage you to do so. So as a recap, if you haven't listened yet, what is really Edge Wise Woman Wellness? Edge Wise Woman is really a service and resource for women in transition. We facilitate learning, community, connection, peace, and meaning. The Wise Woman Way is truly about tuning into your feminine nature of turning inward, tuning into the wisdom of your body, your mind, and spirit, and emotions for guidance on what is true for you. Last month I talked about the gifts of transition and I shared about the story of my one of my early transitions, I would say, you know, significant transition of divorce in my mid-20s and how it was really a catalyst for me of tremendous empowerment, making a decision, not knowing what was on the other side, being very afraid and uncertain, but there was an inner drive, an inner inspiration, motivation that was guiding me forward. And on the other side was empowerment that I didn't even know was possible. I hadn't even really experienced previously. And what I discovered was, as I share in my last month's call, was not only my passion for health promotion, holistic health promotion. But I also, the way in which I discovered that was through the power of self-care. And so today's topic really leads into, that really, that call really sets up today's topic, which is diving a little bit more into why are self-care practices so important and what do they really do for us? Self-care practices, really what they do for us fundamentally is harness our energy physically, emotionally, spiritually, and intellectually. And you really can't separate them since each one affects all aspects of the others and of our overall health and sense of well-being. As a human being, we've all experienced resistance, right? And as I talk about these different self-care practices, I want to just call out the, the, the ego part of us, which is the part of us that wants to just keep the status quo. It doesn't like change. And we're, at, we're talking about transition, right? Which is, which is the process of change over time really adjusting to the change, but really the process of adjusting in every which way in body, mind, spirit to the changes in our life. So the role of the ego is really, it just wants to keep us safe, doesn't like change. And it can show up as resistance, whether you're an artist who writes or draws, whether you're with any kind of work or goals or that you may have, people experience resistance. So any time that we create new experiences, this can, this can come up and it can get in our way of taking really disciplined action forward. And so what I want to offer today is that, first of all, I want to, I also, I want to premise by saying that as I talk about these different self-care practices, acknowledge that resistance is just a part of life and that 
as I still continue to embark on, on self-care practices each and every day of my life, as I have for many, many years, their resistance is still a, can, can still be a part of that. And so it is a part of the process. And But what I really encourage you to do is to, is to create new experiences, to give these self-care practices an opportunity, really, an opportunity to inform what they have to offer you. And that won't always happen on the first experience with it. So I see that creating new experiences are making self-care deposits that will eventually have you feeling better. So I want to start with physical energy. And um, while you are not your body, it is the house of your spirit and soul on this journey on earth within a body. The health of your body naturally colors the experience of your life. I'm going to cover what I think are the three pillars of physical health today. Sleep, nutrition, and exercise. And each one, I will just say, it could be a show in of itself. But let's just talk about what affects our physical energy. And I also want to just note that the distinction between how we manage our time versus our energy. So managing our energy is really about how we take action, the things we do for ourselves, they're going to affect how we feel. And again, they will color the way that we observe in the world, the way we observe what's possible or not possible. Let's talk about the first one being sleep. So in my work as a nurse and health coach and the coaching that I do with women, women in transition, I talk with people every day who are just about every day, who are sleep deprived. As a culture, we are so pulled by other responsibilities or even a, a, just a pattern of lack of discipline to get a good night's sleep. I hear over and over again how people don't feel they can help it. They don't feel as if they have a choice. And I completely acknowledge that there are so many things to do today when we can when we when we really bring in working working and um parenting if you're if you're if you're a parent so many different roles that we play in our lives as women there are a lot of things that are pulling us in different directions so i want to empathize that with that and just really acknowledge that that's real the other thing I want to just acknowledge, though, is just that I think how we're holding the concept, the concept, or even, or even, the role of sleep in our life and what it does for us, and how we're so easily willing to compromise it for other things. But truthfully, when we are compromising on our sleep, we're not able to be our best self for the people and the work that means most to us. And this is probably just, you know, really fundamentally understood that we know that sleep is fundamental to overall health and well-being. And I want to say, and I'm going to admit that I also, years ago as a single mother, cheated myself or felt like I was sleep deprived. So it can be very common. And I noticed that in order, to, being that I had discovered self-care um, practice of exercise was such an important aspect of my well-being, I would often get up early to get my workout in before the children got up, since I felt it was just my only chance to have control over whether I was able to complete it or not. Because once my day started, as a lot of you can relate, it got away from me. And, I, and things would come up and I would often get in the way and become a barrier. So this was my way of making sure it happened. In retrospect, I was often staying up late, though, preparing for the next day after the children were in bed. And I think I definitely could have done a better job of just letting some things go just to get myself to bed for a decent night's sleep. 
let's go over some of the many reasons why sleep is so important. And I also just want to note that any of these different, um, the impact of any of these different uh, self-care habits is uh, habit forming and can grow over time. And when we're not doing these, that as we age, the natural process of aging, that um, as we get older, the body is less able to handle the stressors that come when we're not providing ourselves this self-care. And so let's go over the many reasons again why sleep is so important. So I do believe that if people got more sleep, from my experience, really in, in my experience as a nurse and otherwise, that we'd have a lot less chronic illness. It creates vulnerability in our bodies, mind, and spirit that drain our vital energy. We all know that we feel better when we sleep, right? We have more energy, we are happy, we're content, we're patient. However, sleep is doing so much more behind the scenes in our bodies that we're not even aware of. There's a restorative process in every which way within our body with muscle growth, tissue repair, hormone balancing, metabolism, immune function, brain health, regulating that, regulating our mood, our productivity, alertness, and brain plasticity. Brain plasticity is simply the ability and the, really the innate ability for our brain to change. But all of this is compromised when we're not getting restful sleep on a regular basis. As I mentioned, the mood, the mental health, regulating the mood is so vital to a healthy night's sleep. And anyone who has been a parent, those first early days and weeks of being a parent when you're sleep deprived, just know how it wears on you. Learning and memory. Again, sleep supports the ability to learn. And have you ever heard that when you learn something new, a good night's sleep will aid in your remembering what you've just learned? Sleep strengthens the neural connections that create our memories. And lack of sleep, if chronic, along with other poor self-care habits, can really increase the, risk of, the risks for cardiovascular disease, stroke, diabetes. It simply causes stress in the body, which releases more cortisol. Cortisol is a stress hormone, which can affect blood vessels and hormone regulation. It can cause trouble with the kidneys or high blood pressure. And cortisol also, we know that when there is this, this stress on our bodies, if sleep is just one of those stressors and more cortisol is being released, we know that it's going to be more difficult to lose weight for anybody who's looking to lose weight. Um, it regulates appetite. So sleep really also essential sleep when we're, when we're sleeping well can regulate our appetite. And so um, the next self-care practice I'm going to talk about will really facilitate restful sleep. I wanted to also just comment on one of my other, uh, another experience of mine was I was working nights as a nurse as a, as a early, early years of my career. And I didn't do, I didn't do, I didn't stay there for very long. Maybe it was probably a year and a half or two years because it was just really difficult on my body to be working that, those kind of hours. I still felt like I was getting my sleep during the daytime, but it completely shifts your, the rhythm of your body. But one thing when I, I really dreaded the first night back to, to work after a weekend when I had gone back to sleeping at night, I never really could get enough sleep that first day, um, or that first night back to work. So during the day, I would try taking a nap, but it didn't always work to really get much of a nap in. So that first night, I was literally up then for almost maybe 24 hours. And I remember coming home one night and stopping at a stoplight. And, you know, I had a lot of strategies to keep myself awake when I was driving. Maybe many of you have tried. But I stopped at a stoplight, and for a brief moment, all of a sudden, I realized I had blacked out. I didn't realize it, of course, until I came came back too, and the light was green. And so it was only for a few short moments. But what really hit me in that moment was I simply even lost control of staying awake. That's how powerful the body took over. My body took over. 
And it was a real wake-up call for me to, to really do something about getting off the night shift and working those kind of hours. So also just as hunger signal, signals the need for, for energy in the form of food, sleepiness, right, indicates the need for sleep. And how often are we grabbing something to keep us awake, whether that's coffee or sugar when we're feeling tired? which is just causing more stress in the body. And it's just bypassing the body's natural innate ability to let us know what we need. So we've probably all heard that it's recommended to get seven to eight hours per night, but the true test is listening to your body. So what may work for you now may not work for you later if you're going through additional stress. And after I went through many months of sleep issues during the menopausal transition, which again could be another show in itself of just that the different things that, that happened for, for us during the menopausal transition, for the first time in my life really, I, I really struggled to sleep. And I became to re- began to respect sleep in a whole new way. I now do whatever I can to not use an alarm when I wake. I want my body to wake up once I've received the sleep I want. I might still set my alarm to be sure I get up when I need to if I really need to do that, but I get to bed early enough now so that I know I'll most likely wake up on my own before the alarm goes off. And it just feels like a very gentle and, and, and compassionate way for me to enter the day. Having woken up to an alarm so many, so many years of my life. So during times of stress, I mentioned earlier that we, you may require more sleep. So tune in, listen to your body. When it comes to sleep, exercise and nutrition, um, sleep is where I compromised myself. And I think that after my experience through the menopausal transition, now I learned otherwise, and I don't do that anymore. I learned that sleep needs to come first. It's the number one. It now comes before exercise, if need be. In an upcoming show, like I mentioned, I will talk about um, the menopausal transition because there are so many different changes that are happening during that time. And it's so common for women to have sleep disturbances as well, to various degrees. So now I'm going to move into the end, the next topic around self-care, around physical, uh, managing your physical energy. Uh, again, so what we're talking about is self-care habits that are going to harness or really help us manage our energy through taking care of our physical body. And again, we talked about it really can't be separated from the other aspects of our well-being. But the other one I'll talk about is nutrition. Another topic that I'll just probably touch the surface on, but I'm going to just highlight a few important tips that I, again, have learned both in in, um, all of my coaching and nursing experience of what I think now. There's so much confusing information out there, Um, and I think even even for professionals, let alone for lay people, and the most important guidance I would give to you once again is listen to your body and be easy on yourself. I'm going to try to keep it really simple. Acknowledging that people are drawn to different kinds of, you know, diets, um, per se, for different reasons. And when I say diet or nutrition, I really want to just, I'm looking at more of a way of a lifestyle rather than doing anything that's temporary. Because we know temporary things don't last, <laughs> they're temporary. Uh, but if they're not sustainable, if you're doing something that's not sustainable over long term, it's not going to really help if you have, a, if, let's say, if you have a goal to lose weight, um, it really isn't going to work. And you oftentimes people tend to gain more weight back after they come off of that. So let's just talk about some key aspects of being mindful of what you can do around your healthy nutrition that will help manage your energy in a healthy way and just have you feel great. And I think the biggest recommendation I can say would be to eat whole food. Eat food that's whole, fresh, frozen, vegetables, fruits, um, vital nutrients that keep us healthy, um, whole grains, if you can tolerate wheat and dairy. Um, th- the fruits and vegetables are full of antioxidants, and antioxidants simply means that they help prevent the oxidative process of aging. 
which can add or um, oxidative stress is stress on the body, right? So if we're not practicing healthy habits, um, for example, I'll use a real um, one that you could probably really relate to or understand rather not, uh, but it was like smoking, for example, you can see how the, how something like that kind of a habit just increases the aging process. That's oxidative stress. Okay. And eat organic whenever possible. I know it can cost more at the onset, um, but I do believe it's less expensive in the long run. And I think because there is so much more availability of it, the costs of it are coming down. And a lot of the big stores are carrying more and more organic food because people are really wanting it. People are becoming more educated into what um, the pesticides really do for our, our health. Not only do they obviously affect the, the nutrients of the actual fruit or vegetable, but they're depleted. The soil itself is depleted of vital nutrients that doesn't get into the, into the food. And then just ingesting the actual pesticide from the um, food itself um, is not obviously healthy. And have you ever heard of the dirty dozen? If you'd like to um, if you want to prioritize the foods that are more important to eat to buy organically, you can Google it and get a list from the Environmental Workers Group. Um, it's ewg.org. Um, you can request a downloadable, downloadable version that you can even take to the grocery store with you. And I keep a copy of that on my refrigerator and have kind of memorized the ones. The Dirty Dozen basically prioritizes which of the foods that you really want to make sure that tend to hang on to the pesticides more than the ones that don't. So if, if you're wanting to buy, because there there's a certain limit too for myself, I have to say that I won't pay um, a certain over a certain amount for organic food. I'll just then buy something that's in season that, that, I, that is to me reasonable. And so what you can do is with the Dirty Dozen is that I will buy conventional when I feel, feel like it's, when it's not on the list um, to be of concern. So you can, I think that would be beneficial for you if you're interested. I also recommend really quality um, protein. So if you're if you are eating um, if you're if you are eating meat and poultry and fish, really great sources of um, of protein because they're 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 more dense, and um, so which meaning that there is more protein grams in a serving size. So it's a really um, good good option. So, and again, here I recommend free range poultry, grass fed beef, if you like that. Um, again, to avoid the antibiotics and, 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 and the hormones that are often used to treat animals. Um, and the, again, the availability of those kinds of um, options are, are increasing all the time. Free range organic eggs, rich in omega fats, just an awesome source of healthy fat and protein. Um, and I know I want to just call out that we've always were so concerned about fat content, or, or excuse me, well, that we were too, but but also with, uh, at this point, I wanted to make around eggs, is that eggs can be, um, we thought that they were, that would raise blood cholesterol. And there actually has been public, um, uh, you know, um, acknowledgement that this, they do not, in fact, raise cholesterol in the blood. So I have eggs probably at least every other day and enjoy them as a very, really great source of protein in the morning. Um, and so the other part is to having good sources of protein at every meal and good fats. And why? Because they stabilize blood sugar. If your blood sugar is stabilized, you feel satiated. You don't have those blood sugar spikes, spikes where you're feeling um, you know, you're feeling hungry, you know, half or half an hour to an hour after you've eaten something and they don't, they, they also keep you alert and feeling energetic. If you eat something where the spikes the blood sugar quickly, you have that dip in blood sugar and then you're tired, you're lethargic, you don't have the energy and you're grabbing for something, usually more quick carbohydrates to fill up that void. But Something I noticed even when I began more, became more conscious about eating more protein in my breakfast, because I was really good about eating it at lunch and dinner, but breakfasts were so culturally accustomed to eating more carbohydrate kind of foods like cereals and so forth. And once I know, I noticed that once I added a great source of protein and good fat at my breakfast, that I no longer, my morning snack went away. And morning, snacks are not a bad thing. Um, 
especially if they're healthy, right? But it, but listening to your body, I just noticed that it was so, um, that it kept me satiated and alert and energetic until lunchtime. And then, um, so the too many carbohydrates, especially the simple carbohydrates like white flour, flour products, sugary drinks, um, processed foods will make you feel tired, like I said, and drowsy. And, um, and these are also really the culprits today for a lot of the weight gain and the difficulty for people losing weight. Um, a lot of people are eating those, some even packaged and low-fat, non-fat kind of foods, thinking that it's going to help them lose weight. But, but, if it, but it really doesn't, actually. It, the key to even to weight loss and overall general health is really having really whole food, good sources of protein, and good fats. Um, I would uh, really, the other thing that's being debunked these days is the fat, is the low fat and no fat. Our bodies need good fat for so many different vital um, things going on in the body. Um, but again, we see the epidemic of type 2 diabetes going on. And I talk to people um, with who are experiencing this all the time. And it is related to this ingestion of so many processed foods and stress. They go to, it's, it's, there's different factors going on. Um, and again, more uh, than we can go for the, into the, into detail with this call, but but just know that those are definitely um, contributing factors. Um, protein examples I mentioned, you know, free range poultry, uh, fresh fish, grass fed beef, eggs, dairy, um, preferably preferably organic, good source of dairy, and um, I'd even say whole fat. But I'm just gonna trust that you guys do what you need. Um, but that was recommended for me, and I will say that when I shifted from low-fat to full-fat dairy and, you know, healthy portion sizes, meaning, you know, appropriate portion sizes, that um, I didn't gain any weight. So it really is my body just needed, you know, really seeing how the body needs really healthy fat. Other forms of protein, tofu, beans, um, beans and, and tofu don't have as much in, uh, as protein as the other sort, the previous sources. Saitan, tempeh, if you're vegetarian, um, those last four options are all if you're vegetarian or even vegan potentially. Um, again, saitan and tempeh have more um, protein than the, the tofu and beans. But some people can do vegetarian diets very well and some just don't um, thrive on that. So again, it's about listening to your body. How do you feel? Do you feel enough? Do you have enough energy? Um, and how do you feel uh, overall is your biggest gauge. Good fat again, examples, avocados, nuts, seeds, olive oil. Don't be afraid, like I said, to buy regular um, yogurt rather than the low fat. It's the trans fats and the fried foods that you want to avoid. That is the kind of fat that causes the problem. So um, the good fats are so essential. Um, and as I mentioned, whether you're trying to shed pounds or prevent heart disease, Good quality fats should not be avoided and are critical for good health. Incorporating them into our diet is so, so helpful. Um, another really, really important thing that I hear a lot about happening again is please don't skip meals. It is such a common phenomena that people are in our busy world are skipping oftentimes breakfast. That's probably the most popular or the most common rather. I don't think it's... Um, popular so much as it is common, um, but oftentimes people skipping lunch because they get caught up in their day, their work, and I find it really interesting. I've never been able when, able to skip meals because my body just doesn't let me, which is I'm grateful for. <laughs> um, uh, but if you're used to skipping meals, I think that the body's metabolism does change and it can slow down. So if you're wanting to um, lose weight, if you feel like you need to, um, skipping meals is not going to help you do it. It's in fact, if you eat three meals a day, at least um, you're going to be really um, jump-starting and you know keeping your metabolism going well. It's giving the body the fuel it needs in order for it to perform at its optimal level. Um, and I find it interesting when you're out there busy and doing things so much during the day uh, that oftentimes people are deficient in the calories and the energy foods then but then when you come home at night you're often really super hungry because you haven't had enough to eat and now you're not really people aren't doing as much in the evening hours and then going to bed so um, it just doesn't really help so much the best idea is just to have your larger meals in the morning and then at lunch and then a lighter meal at dinner and you'll be able to do that if you're getting enough food during the day okay so um 
I mentioned that, you know, but you know, regular meals is again, it, anything that you're, anything that you're me feel like you're struggling with, whether it's skipping meals or whatever, <clears throat> I really, again, understand the power of habit. And <clears throat> I'm really grateful that my mother, um, who always served three meals a day and breakfast was a hearty one. And, and we were very fortunate to wake up to a hearty breakfast. Um, <clears throat> and so, um, it really ingrained some really good eating habits in that regard for me, which I'm really eternally grateful for. Um, so snacks, again, if you need them, listen to your body. And I think that I mentioned that I let go of my morning snack just because I feel like I eat more and have better sources of protein and fat in the morning that now I just have one in the, in the afternoon. We all typically can have a dip in our energy level around three or four. It's a body's typical rhythm. Um, it's, hap- it's a little bit of a dip in energy oftentimes. So I will often have some fruit and nuts at that time, which will, give, will keep me, um, give me a little bit more energy until I come home and have some dinner. I also just want to call out that the most common foods that cause inflammation for people, and again, this is different for everybody, but if you're having some symptoms of inflammation, which can be in the form of cardiac disease, diabetes, it can, you can experience it in your joints if you're achy. Um, it could be... Um, and just showing up in different ways. But the four that are most common that people can, um, would be wheat or gluten, um, dairy, corn, or sugar. Uh, I think sugar is one that, that I think is um, probably the biggest culprit these days. Um, but again, uh, a lot of people aren't able to eat uh, wheat or um, dairy. Those are probably the other really common ones as well. Um, sugar, minimize. It is such a slippery slope that affects the immunity. It affects so much in your body. And what's what's interesting about it is the more you eat, as you're probably aware, the more you want. Um, and it's kind of like maybe caffeine. The good news is, though, that I want to let you know is that when you begin to wean yourself from it, you will not only lose the strong craving for it, your taste buds will also adjust to the level of sweetness that you so uh, much desire. For example, I remember years, many years ago, I remember waking up and the first thing I would want in the morning was a glass of orange juice, that that sugar kick right first thing in the morning. Um, and as I began to wean and, and become more aware of the ways sugar, because sugar is in fruit too, right? Even though it's 100% fruit, there's still a lot of, uh, especially in juices, it's much more condensed. So a lot of sugar there. And um <clears throat> And now I, I, I couldn't even fathom drinking straight juice. And I'm saying that just simply because my body has weaned so much from that sweet, sweet taste that now it doesn't even taste good to me, that if ever I have any, it's diluted. Um, and uh, so just really know that as you begin to wean from it, your body does adjust and you won't crave it like you do. The craving comes from the blood, the blood sugar spikes um, that happen when you're eating sugar things with laden with sugar and also the taste. So um, <clears throat> those things will, once they become equalized, the blood sugar is more stable, then you won't crave it so much. Okay? Be gentle with yourself as through all of these different practices. I've talked about a lot of different aspects of these things and, and I don't expect anyone to just do a total re- uh, overhaul of what they're doing. It's about listen to what's speaking to you. You know best you are the expert of your life and your health, and I trust that whatever you feel called to do for your health at this moment and this time is totally totally appropriate. Some things that I have really found that have helped me around meal planning over the, the past in the past years was just to plan ahead. This is what gives you control over the foods that you're going to be eating every day. Um, if you're going out to eat a lot, you realize that you're kind of having to, you can definitely find healthy options often, but it just has, you, you just don't have as much control, obviously, if you bring your own food in, for example, for lunch to work and that kind of thing. So planning ahead um, works the best. Same when you're coming home at the end of the day and you're hungry and you don't want to maybe do a lot of cooking. So I often will cook my meals, you know, maybe two days at a time and my lunches and my dinners are, um, you know, pretty much the, uh, well, my lunch is pretty much my dinner as well. So I just, the same kind of food. So I will make enough, my lunch and dinners for two days. And then will um, my breakfast, of course, is easier to do, to do in the moment. Um, exercise. This is our, our the next pillar of our physical energy management. Um, 
and uh, the way I feel about um, about exercise is really just wow. Let me count the ways and how much I love this. And when I shared about again my experience of empowerment through through divorce last month, I said that the really the the self care practice that really opened it for me was exercise. I can't say enough about what it does to your spirit and in your body. It's just pretty phenomenal. It really does harness your energy. It gathers up your energy within our center, our ground zero, our place of power, our peace, our wisdom, our love and love. So what it does is it helps de-stress. It brings you back into the moment. Um, and to me, exercise is a gift that just keeps on giving and so for those of you who are thinking I'm from another planet, please just hear me out. I can't say it enough that give it a chance. Again, to my earlier um, comment about this, the more that you give it a chance to experience it and feel a benefit, like get past the pain points. If you're maybe feeling a bit sore when you start something new, that's just the body just acclimating and adjusting really miraculously really to what it is that you're doing differently. Um, so what are the benefits of exercise? Let's start out with the ones that we can feel. Um, grounds and centers us. It's so powerful in being able to do that. Um, I have the sense of coming home to myself. That's being what being centered feels like. <clears throat> and I feel like the sense that all of the extended parts of me, <laughs> meaning extended parts of me that I'm giving elsewhere in the world, or maybe if there is stress, that, it, that I'm just gathered up again and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm re-energized and I feel empowered. It feels great to feel strong in your body, to feel that sense of vitality. I feel at peace with what is much more easily when I'm working out and I'm, and I'm exercising on a regular basis. It clears my head, so it de-stresses, it clears the mind. And we know that we can have the, um, the elevation of mood. Um, that you may notice that things that maybe bugged you before you went out and had a workout don't even, they get put into a different perspective and they don't even like bother you anymore. It flushes toxins from your body. I mean, if it's really recommended when you exercise any form, whatever you feel guided to, but break a good sweat and you'll find that that's really helpful as well. Really also great in stimulating your metabolism. Um, Movement, any kind of movement, removes stagnant energy, removes blockages. <clears throat> I take myself so less seriously. <laughs> um, just when I can go out, if I'm feeling like I'm, um, you know, out of sorts, just to go out for a walk or go out for a run or a bike ride, whatever. And it just makes a huge difference. It opens up my creativity. And I've heard this from so many other people as well that if I know if I'm having a, a creative block, if I'm doing some writing or some kind of planning, that I'm, if I'm even if I'm struggling to connect with my inner voice, I get up and go. I get up, get, up, get up and go outside. And this is where that resistance piece may come in. Now, I want to say that when I do exercise, it doesn't matter. I often do it in the morning. It doesn't mean that I jump out of bed and I want to run outside and I'm all you know excited to do so. No, uh-uh. No, that doesn't happen for the most part. Some days, but not every day. I'm tired too when I, I, I maybe move a little slow initially. But what gets me going out the door is simply knowing what it's doing, what it's going to do for me. And I can say that once I'm just moving and out within a few minutes, I'm just in such gratitude for the opportunity to use and, and for my body, not only for what it does for me, and, and, but the amazing capacity it has for us to do and enjoy movement. Um, feeling strong in my body, my mind, and my spirit. Um, feeling emotionally stronger, literally increasing, uh, feeling a sense of more emotional strength and, and, and resiliency. Boosting self-esteem. Okay. Um, and then, you know, getting used to feeling good is such an awesome thing that I, I noticed when I first started with exercise years ago, it had me crave the good food. Um, so it just seems to kind of line things up and things just work better all, all, all around. Increased metabolism, I may have mentioned that. Um, if anyone's looking to, weigh, to lose weight um, or just even weight stabilization, uh, a, an amazing byproduct or benefit of regular exercise is not having the, your weight fluctuate over the years. 
and I've been so grateful for that. Um, I mentioned regulating appetite. Uh, I was tuned into my natural appetite to really, you know, what I really, what I really needed, and not necessarily eating for for stress or for um, from emotional stress. It calms me, makes me happy. It improves in mood so much. It releases, like I mentioned, the endorphins, which are a feel-good hormone. And um, uh, and the body, again, gets used to that and will look forward to that kind of to exercise for that elevation in mood. I just have always felt like it evoked, has evoked deep gratitude for my amazing body and life. And I really, years and years ago, when I was working out and feeling this sense of immense gratitude for the capacity of my body, I remember thinking it, this was spiritual fitness, this sense of while I'm exercising, I'm so in the moment, and I'm focusing on whatever I'm doing, whether I'm running, whether I'm lifting weights, whether I'm biking, that I, I tune into those muscles. And really, it's just all your muscles that are at work, but all of it that are working so synchronistically together in order for me to enjoy um, enjoy the movement as well as enjoy my life. So taking you know a fit body into your life is um, or having a fit body in your life is so much more enjoyable and your daily movement and your experience um, day to day than if you're feeling like you're not um, you know you're not fit or not uh, really strong. And the good thing is, is the body responds very fast. It's also the bad news, meaning that when we first start something, the body responds very quickly and we will notice results in our strength and our stamina very quickly. And then the reverse, if we stop exercising, we'll also notice those, those benefits, um, you know, going away very quickly. So the body's very adaptive. Okay. Um, I feel sexy working out again has you come into your body and feel good about your body and um you're able to you know enjoy buying clothes uh is something that i've just really enjoyed i think it really does facilitate self-esteem um you know having you feel more self-assured and again i want to acknowledge again like i said earlier you're, we're not our bodies and um but it is but that it does really matter it doesn't matter how we feel and how we feel about um our body and how we and our appearance, and of course all the internal benefits that we know about cardiovascular health. You know the heart is a muscle, so as we work out, do cardio, for example, we are exercising this muscle that at rest then doesn't even have to beat as many beats per minute because it's stronger. Each beat it can be working um, much more effectively, and so uh, it strengthens uh, like any other muscle in our body when it's worked. And, and as a result, um, you're able to, I'm able to run around freely now. I did with my children. I was able to run around freely with them and be really active. And now I'm able to continue that with my grandchildren. And it's just so fun um, to be able to be a part of that and not feel as if I'm, I'm restrained in any way. And I have to say that to that point, that when I work with people, I, if, they're, if, they have health, if they have health goals around improving their physical health, and um, I always want to tune into what, like, what matters most to you for the sake of why would you want to begin exercising or eating better. And I have to say, hands down, that um, especially as people get older, you know, the most common one well, the most common one, period, is just that they want to be able to have a, a strong quality of life. and um, But it comes down to relationships. People want to be able to get down and, and have fun with their kids or be able to, to, to move around and enjoy their grandchildren. So again, it so affects our quality of life overall. Strong muscles, facilitating strong and supple joints. And find, so find the exercise that lifts your spirit. Um, it's something that you look forward to. It doesn't have to be a drudgery. Um, in fact, if it is, it, you're probably not going to do it. Really find something. I do believe that that there is something for you. Give it time. Schedule it into your day. If you don't, like most things, it's not going to get done. Know that you might be sore initially. Move through it to the other side where all the benefits await you. I promise. You will find that you will bring your best self to your life and your relationships when you're practicing a regular 
exercise. I mean, I just remember talking to a woman the other day who um, was a young mother and, you know, was going through a separation and really, again, finding the power and self-care where the light bulb went on for her and where she realized that she's a, she was a better wife, a better mother when she just took time for herself. Um, in the past, she felt like she was too busy. Um, we're always, we all have more than we can get done, right? But it's a choice to put yourself first because if you don't, then everything else that you do is, is, is not your best. You're not going to feel at your best. And um, so putting yourself first is, is the key. Um, cardio, running, walking, biking, tennis, um, oh gosh, the list goes on, swimming. Um, I love yoga. I came into yoga many years ago, and I just love it. It has so many strengthening benefits. Again, clearing out blockages, calming, bringing balance, uh, the stretching. I love that aspect of it as well. And um, But it really is an integration of body, mind, and spirit in a unique way. Yoga really means union. And so, again, it's bringing – I use my yoga as, um, uh, you know, a way to um, – it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a part of what I do. I continue with running or biking or walking, some of those more cardiovascular kind of workouts. And my yoga is the time to come and, and stretch those muscles and those joints. And, um, but it, it really is. And, and, and I think as you approach these different things, there is no right way or wrong way to do that. Yoga is simply show up and, um, and, you know, be on the mat. And there's so much to learn there. I could even talk so much more about yoga. So let's talk about spiritual, emotional energy. And how do we harness our spiritual and emotional energy? Um, one of the practices that I really, really advocate and is so strongly about is, is, is meditation. Uh, a quiet, contemplative practice is essential for your overall health and well-being. And um, I have to say that this is one that can that I believe in and I love, and yet, um, you know, I still some days don't meditate. Um, how and there's an it's an and for me that when I exercise, that can also be a meditation. Anything that brings you into the moment is really a meditation. So just know that you do your best every day and you fit in what you can, but you at least make time for yourself. Um, some people think that they can't do it because they think that their that their mind isn't supposed to be uh, you know chattering all the time. Uh, the mind just chatters is what it does. And you'll find though that as you spend more time with it, um, that the mind will quiet. And so, but it's not the objective of meditation. And in fact. Um, it's not really meant to get rid of anything, but to train the mind. It's this is again where the brain press the, the brain plasticity comes into play. That it's proven the the brain is actually healthier um, when we're meditating. It is actually training it to come back to the present moment, to be more of an observer, um, and to culti cultivate what is in an open with a, with an open compassionate heart, and just relaxing into what is, and. Um, so the, the practice that I love is mindfulness, and we've heard a lot about mindfulness meditation. Um, there are many different forms of meditation. In um, last month, I did ask if it was, if, if you remember this, if you listened to the call, I, I asked if it was possible to lean into the change and process of transition and allow it to be what it is. And that is the essence and gift of meditation, to cultivate a willingness to be ever compassionately present to whatever is arising. I've read a lot of spiritual books, and I always will, and I've tried various forms of meditation, a lot. And what I've discovered is what works the best in reconnecting with your true self is simply to love what is, to love what arises. Now, this takes practice. And so over time, like any new skill, because we've all disowned certain aspects of ourself, and some we're aware of and some we're not. But by welcoming and even being curious about what arises, we give attention to the voices, the feelings, the fear, anxiety, anger, whatever it is, allowing the expression and inquiry that they're really just needing from us, and that's why they're arising. So all is accepted, all is welcome. 
and you'll notice when that when 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 it's approached in that manner that those um, those the, whatever they if it's a difficult emotion or difficult thoughts they will quiet and that's what I have found is the most beneficial and really having quiet time is another essential aspect of harnessing your energy um, and so whether it is through meditation whether it's through some reading um, you know or prayer I believe that prayer is very powerful as well prayer is um, another aspect of of, let, of really like giving it up giving up to a higher source praying for um, you know giving up to a higher source asking for support and so that's also very very powerful in terms of um, coming back to your center a uh, way of surrendering and letting go and asking for assistance for what you feel as if you're not able to do okay I mentioned mindfulness meditation. One of my favorite practices that I've learned is I've tried different kinds. Again, find what works for you. Transcendental meditation is more of a mantra form that you actually um, would go and get uh, trained or taught. And that one is practiced twice a day for 20 minutes. I've tried, I've done that one as well. Um, but I really love the mindfulness practice and there's so much information on the website or on, you know, you Google these kinds of uh, meditation and you can have access to uh, videos or audios or apps. There's all kinds of apps for meditation and find one that works best for you. There's guided visualization. There's just all kinds. Um, let's see here. So the time of quiet meditation, I want to just you know, reiterate this, is so essential during the times of transition. We are called to grow during these times. The acclimation to change is in the navigation through these nuances of the day-to-day -day impact of what of that change. And this way of being, this way of being, that meditation and quiet time really, really allows, facilitates, and cultivates the healing and leaning in, and learning, rather, in ways that wouldn't be otherwise um, known or possible. Okay. Um, I had mentioned that you were able to see that you were right where you needed to be at this time. Um, I've mentioned that many times. This is where meditation, prayer, they come. They can come. Allow. They can facilitate this process of coming to this transition in your life as seeing that just gaining some insight and um, we tend to learn retrospectfully so it brings some insight to maybe what was what precipitated the change or the transition and which really can aid in your healing and sense of understanding it can facilitate finding a new path that brings new opportunities or relationships that open our lives to more love and joy a new clarity on what's important to us and how to live our lives okay I do believe that whatever the change whether self-imposed or imposed upon us, is a change that is helping us heal, to shed what is no longer serving us, opening us up to more and more of who we really are, as I've mentioned this before. Now, I'd like to um, go over a, week, a recap for today. Harnessing your energy physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I've covered a lot. Just pick one, and one thing and one in each area that, you, that will assist you in harnessing your energy so that you may experience the truth of who you really are. So that you may experience guidance, healing, love, peace, your personal power and wisdom. After all, it's who you really are. So for plan for next month's show, I'm really excited that I'm... I'm in the process of actually securing um, a, a guest speaker, a guest that I'm going to have on the show where we'll actually have a discussion about women's health. So stay tuned. I have um, someone for both August and September. Haven't quite decided who's going to go first, but just know that it's going to be um, really, really fun. And then I have a free offer for you. If you want to send me an email, there are two meditation links I would like to forward to you. One is a memory enhancement meditation. It takes just 12 minutes per day. The other is reverse nostril breathing. 
and just considering time, I can't go into in depth with these any further, but know that the reverse nostril breathing is a wonderful practice for calming the nervous system and calming the mind if ever you're feeling anxious or just simply want to have some peace. Um, I find that I practice a bit of that before even my other form of meditation. It just brings me into the present and calms the mind. If you send me an email, I'll forward those links to you. You can reach me at coach, excuse me, Therese at coachtherese.com. Okay. And um, you can always meet me. Uh, also contact me at 612-501-1806. Again, I want to close today thanking you all, being with such gratitude that you're a part of this community. And I look forward to talking with you again next month. Be well. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.